Agile People Podcast. I'm joined today by Ina Shivaz, and she's uh, uh, going to tell us about her chapter of the book, From Agile People Principles, to tell the why and the what, and leave the how to the people. I'm joined in the interview booth by Sylvia and Flo from the Agile People Collective. Over to you, Inanch. Welcome. Welcome, David. Uh, how are you? And welcome, Sylvia and Flo. <laughs> and thanks again uh, to organize this podcast. Uh, it's, I think it's a very wonderful idea to share our ideas uh, with other people who are interested in our Agile Principle books. Yeah. Fantastic. Brian, I appreciate that. Uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself. You've got quite a, a, a number of years of international experience. Yes. Uh, okay, then I can start to describe myself before my chapter. Um, I can describe myself as a multidisciplinary business agility consultant, um, specializing uh, mainly on the people side as well as structure and uh, strategy. I have approximately 20 years of experience, uh, mainly in consultancy business, uh, with hybrid knowledge on strategy, communication, even crisis management, uh, and cultural change and transformation projects. Uh, I am the founder of Haga uh, Organizational Explorers, which is a Turkish-Dutch joint venture company uh, located in Den Haag and in Den Haag, Netherlands, and also in Istanbul. And we support mainly to organizations to discover their unique strengths and reach their potential. I am uh, one of the co-creators of Agile People Manifesto. Uh, and as we will discuss today a little bit, I am also co-writer of Agile People Principles books. And very recently, we also translated uh, into Turkish uh, the first uh, Agile HR book of Pia Maria. Now also we are sharing in Turkish uh, with our uh, clients in Turkey. And uh, all the people that we shared uh, like it very much. So I'm happy to share this future of work together with uh, your community, with new friends, uh, and to discuss. Yes, this is me. Fantastic. Welcome. And then, yeah. Sylvia, Flo, anything you would like to add there? Yes, that sounds great. Um, and I'm very excited about um, reading uh, the chapter you wrote on the book. So um, it looks like, um, or well, it <laughs> does not look like it, it's a fact. You, you have a vast experience in building teams and managing them and client relationships, right? So in other words, you have faced and had to deal with a plenty of multitasking challenges. So can you tell us how, when and how you consider you needed to, to change the way you were working? What was the trigger? Mm -hmm. Indeed, I started to write my chapter with a story about uh, one of my milestones in my whole life. <laughs> I, I can describe sometimes when I'm talking about these days like a military uh, <laughs> task <laughs> that I was uh, appointed. Uh, and I started to, the first subtitle was Challenges are the best teachers. Uh, that, that was my subtitle when I started to think about my chapter. Um, we, but okay, I can make it describe a little bit about this. In 2007, uh, when I, I have been asked to go to Kazakhstan, which is very, very far away <laughs> uh, from Istanbul, uh, it, it is approximately six hours by plane. 
uh, to establish a communication and advertising agency. And I was scared up to my marrow. Uh, and after quite thinking, can I do it? I can do it, maybe not. And I decided to take this challenge and I moved to Almaty. Uh, and we ran the office, we began to work with a team coming from different nationalities, Georgia, Russia, uh, USA, Hungary, and Turkey. I was working like hell under the huge responsibility. Uh, I began to control almost everything. Uh, I was starting approximately 6 uh, a.m. in the morning, and mostly I was finishing at 10 p.m. every night. Uh, I was so tired, was making a long status meeting, reminding everybody their task, uh, make checklists every day. Uh, but even uh, though I was telling to my colleagues what and how to do the things, we, we always had problems with clients and also within the team. Uh, so in the end of the day, we were working so hard, but uh, we were not happy. <laughs> and after some time, I realized that I need to make a thing and uh, I need to really reset some things. Uh, and I needed to open a new page and start from scratch. Uh, and then what we, what we did, we decided to go for a complete organizational restructuring. We hired new people, we keep some people, we fired some people, but we talked with them, of course. Uh, we agreed, we, we, we were okay, uh, and explained uh, to this new establishing team what we want to achieve, what is our purpose, uh, and then I also convinced myself to leave more space to them. Uh, there were no checklists anymore. The team was talking to, directly to the client and getting their direct uh, feedback from the client and then making the revision uh, among themselves. In the, at the end of one and a half years, the company became one of the most well-known advertising agency in the city, in Almaty. Uh, and that was a real experience for me. We still uh, are friends. We are still uh, sometimes talk uh, via online uh, with these ex-colleagues. Uh, and it helped me a lot, but this ch uh, challenge also helped me to think afterwards. I mean, afterwards, I prepared a model that I also uh, try to explain a little bit uh, at my uh, chapter. But before uh, going to this, maybe I can answer more in a framework your question, how it has changed. Indeed, uh, I can describe in three main uh, steps, maybe when I'm uh, looking uh, backwards. First of all, I guess everything begins with acceptance <laughs> and then intention to change. <laughs> uh, so the first thing that need to change indeed was me, <laughs> first of all. <laughs> I mean, it was not the organization first. Of course, it is easier to say than done. Uh, I mean, I'm only talking about individual, by the way, even it is not so easy. You know, we are human, we are complex uh, systems. Uh, and then I accepted myself, I accepted that I need to change, uh, and I also understood that I need to define my basic needs. Uh, what, what, what is the need, the most crucial ones that I need to step forward? And then I decided from the organizational side, I connected this to the business uh, targets, and I said that, okay, I need a competent creative leader within this team, because I was not so experienced with this creative, creative teams. I was a little bit more um, coordinating the client relations and the other things, but creativity was another thing that I missed uh, at that point. And then I found this person and uh, I allowed him uh, space. Uh, and I said that, okay, you can do whatever you want with your team. 
That was the first thing. And then uh, he and me as a team tried to uh, explain our company purpose to the new team, slowly, slowly repeating uh, every day in this or that way. Uh, and then uh, we realized that the team started to think about how they can imply their strategy. Because before that, I was only uh, directing them, do this, did you do this checklist and so on. But, and then I said that, okay, this is our strategy. Maybe the strategy also needs to be revised. Uh, but at least uh, take this um, above this. This is our purpose uh, as a company, as a team. We, we will learn from each other. And how you will do it? Uh, I said that I will not attend to, to your status meeting. I will not attend to your client meetings. I will not do this. I will not do that. Uh, you only call me when you need me, really. And it started to work. And the third one is uh, this also have to create our own culture, company culture. Uh, where the trust, respect, and the joy, of course, were existent. Uh, in the end of the day, the team had found the right balance uh, of alignment and autonomy. That was crucial, I guess. Uh, plus the nice environment in Almaty, the, the environment with a beautiful garden. We had also a small puppy, uh, pu uh, yes, a uh, small dog, uh, German shepherd uh, called Pixel. <laughs> that was also related to creative work. Uh, so this also created an environment. Uh, of course, our, we also make leaner our processes because I was also cut myself <laughs> from this unnecessary bureaucratic thing. So uh, this this helps uh, a lot, I guess. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. So you need to define your purpose. Uh, you need to find competent people uh, and you need to leave space to them. Uh, and then you need to change your culture and structure slowly, slowly. That was the uh, thing that I practiced, practiced first. And then uh, after I be started to be interested in Agile, I also, uh, after years I understand, by the way, uh, I also co-worked about this model, how, how we can find faster these dynamics within the company. Because I spent approximately two years in Kazakhstan. Uh, so instead of spending two years, maybe there are a little bit shortcut ways how I can understand what are the problems in the company, uh, how people can understand the purpose of the company, uh, how we can understand the people's needs, motivation factors and so on. And afterwards, I spent approximately one and a half year to co-create this model uh, and this research model. Yeah. And we'll see that model in a little while um, in answers we, we discussed that. And so that's, that's great. That's fantastic. Um, and in terms of that, I think you, what I'm hearing there is, and I've heard this quite a lot in recent times, is about that unlearning. Because I think, you know, the early parts of your careers or points where, you know, you're, it's your baby and you're running with it. You, anytime you try to share it with someone, you're, you're showing them the how aren't you? You're showing them how I, I want that done, how I want yeah. you to do it, that type of yeah. stuff. Whereas what you find when, when you start to develop a team and that trust and respect comes in, you don't need to show them the how anymore. You just tell them the why and the what. And then they go and figure out the how. And then they come up with something even more ingenious that you could have even thought of. Yeah, so, exactly. Flo, Flo. Exactly. Yeah. Flo, go ahead. Yes, thank you. So yeah, I had a problem with my microphone, it looks like. Can you hear me? Yes, yeah, we can hear you fine. Oh, perfect. Yeah, perfect, thank you. Actually, Natasha, what I wanted to come back to was the, your answer to um, uh, Sylvia's question and your journey in a way and the triggers. Uh, 
Um, I thought it was really interesting to, there is acceptance and intention to change that needs to be there. And in a way you can't control that. So, you know, my question is, well, how do you make it happen if you can, huh? from uh, your discussions with your clients? And the second question is, uh, even with an intention to change, it looks like uh, you were able, from the moment you realized, to change your habits. You were directive, you were controlling, and you managed quickly to change habits. And I just wondered if you could give some some pointers, ideas on, you know, was it really as, as quick as that? How did you make it happen? Did others help you make it happen? So just the how you changed those habits there, and how do you make that intention to change and acceptance maybe become as compelling as it was for you because maybe your your situation made it compelling? Yeah. Um, yeah, acceptance, uh... In the end of the day, I also still uh, believe that it also uh, belongs to the individual. Um, uh, th this is a little bit, you cannot separate. There is not a com concrete and complete tool that, that will completely help <laughs> somebody to accept some facts because uh, that is beyond ourselves, that is beyond our organization. Uh, this is also, uh, you, I mean, we, our personality are shaped already by our family, by our own experience so uh, that means that intention to change also uh, there is not a complete concrete tool but what we can do uh, in the to change the habits uh, because okay acceptance and intention to change is a little bit intangible things uh, they, they are not concrete um, but the habits indeed is, is a little bit concrete things uh, because they are related to the behaviors and our behaviors indeed are derived and are strictly connected to our values uh, and our purpose, individual purposes. So um, in, at this phase, uh, to change the habits, uh, I'm always approaching from this uh, holistic approach, which is strategy, which is structure and which is culture. Uh, and we put uh, the human behavior in the center of this approach. What do we, what do I mean by that? Uh, as an individual, of course, I have my own value. As an individual, I hope I have my own purpose. But uh, first, uh, you need to understand if your uh, own values and if your own um, motivation uh, factors. Uh, and if your own purpose is aligned with the company one. Uh, why are this, uh, th th this is the connection between strategy and between culture, uh, these motivation factors. If, uh, of course, everybody has, is different. Of course, everybody has different intrinsic and extrinsic motivation factors. But that if you come into an organization, there are also some common patterns and some common sub-patterns, which are, uh, which are affecting uh, the motivation of the people. In some companies, for example, uh, what I'm talking here, uh, it's about the structure, culture, and strategy alignment in a holistic way. For example, structure and culture should be aligned. If uh, you can value within your organization money, you can value status, you can value uh, individual success, for example, it doesn't matter. If this is your value as individuals also, uh, mainly you need to also uh, be promoted and feel uh, being recognized by these values. So 
you cannot just say one thing and you cannot just do another thing within your company. Uh, and also uh, your values uh, should, should fit with your strategy, with the purpose of the company. Then you cannot realize yourself. Uh, and because of that reason, it is very important to see within the company if there is an alignment gap between the uh, purpose, uh, individual's purpose and, in, uh, and the company purpose. So within this, uh, for example, research model, uh, we can analyze and see uh, how much in numeric numbers, how much there's a gap within the company. Of course, we never expect that there is no gap. Of course, it will never be 100%, but there is a critical point that if it is too much, uh, then you have a problem there. If your structure, for example, your KPIs doesn't promote your values, your purpose within the company, then you also have problem. If you are promoting individual success by your KPIs, but on the other hand, want the teams to work in strict collaboration, then it will not work. So because of that reason, you need to understand the dynamics of the company. And when you enter into the company, you can understand it. How we do it, um, we are talking with the senior managers. Uh, we are understanding their strategy. And then we are arranging, for example, focus groups uh, with different layers uh, within the company. According to the company size, it changes. Uh, it can be either three focus groups to many focus groups. And then we customize the questionnaire to understand what is the alignment uh, between this strategy, structure, and culture. Uh, we customize it, and then we see what are the enablers, what are the motivation factors within the company, what are the enablers, what are the barriers. And when you see it, you, in the end of the day, you understand where and how you need to start. Uh, and you are at least, you don't waste your time to understand everything like me <laughs> during two years. At least in a few weeks uh, maximum, you understand what is going on, what are the improvement areas of the company, mm -hmm. uh, how people are motivated, uh, what are the informal leaders in the company? Uh, the informal leaders, for example, we were using this tool for many years for political campaigns, for community building projects, for crises in the uh, companies we were using it. And I also embedded it uh, into this model because when you see informal leaders and when you convince them to participate your uh, transformation, for example, projects, then uh, they are acting like role models. Uh, and then uh, you can really, uh, how to say, uh, I forgot the name in English, but um, uh, have a huge impact, positive impact to expand your culture. For example, my first creative director in Kazakhstan uh, was a little bit uh, toxic uh, and I was not able to create a positive culture uh, to go further. And then I convinced myself, okay, I need to find another person. I found him and he was perfect. He was completely different. Uh, and he created such a positive environment. Uh, we learned a lot from him. He was so calm, understanding people, listening people, completely vice versa. Uh, and it completely changed the same company. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, and again, it comes back to that that question that you know that it's the people that's the all important, isn't it? Um, whether you have structure, culture, strategy in place, it's, it, it always comes down to the people.
Yes, yes, because of that reason, I mean, uh, when I'm uh, now, I'm not sharing uh, the screen because it was a postcast, but when I'm uh, sharing, you can see uh, on my chapter, uh, at the center, there is this human leader, but by this, we don't mean uh, leader, the C-level the or management. We believe, you know, as agile people, community most probably like me, believe that the human is the most important thing because of that reason, we are also all together a part of this agile people community because methodologies, frameworks, tools and process, of course, they are wonderful and agile approach also derived from this IT sector to, to make the process much easier, faster and so on. But in the end of the day, you are dealing with uh, people. If you don't convince people, whatever you use, I mean, whatever color you're put posted or whatever tool, agile uh, tool or methodology you are using, if you cannot uh, understand the people, how they are motivated, what are their needs, uh, if they feel included into their organization, if they feel that they contribute uh, to the organization, then in the end of the day, uh, yeah, the, these methodologies work to some extent. So this, this is the most important uh, thing. For example, uh, last week I had a speech uh, for Delivery Hero. Uh, they are also, uh, via app you order um, uh, food and then they are uh, giving you, it's an also global company. And I was preparing a, a presentation for them. And when I was making a desktop research, I found a, from Gallup, uh, if I remember correctly, a recent research. And it was uh, stated that only 23% of US employees strongly agree that they can apply their organization values to their work every day. And only 27% strongly agree that they believe in their organization values. So within this VUCA world, within these all uh, uncertainties, we are trying uh, people to contribute faster uh, to their company. And what, 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 what about the rest? I mean, <laughs> approximately 75% of all these people uh, don't think that they are indeed contribute uh, with their values to their organization. So how they will become creative contributors for our organizations? Uh, because of that reason, human is the most important thing, I guess. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, in, and, and, and you, um, I hear you clearly say, uh, talking about purpose, leadership, um, and motivation. Yeah. And I guess this drives a lot of engagement, right? Yeah. So, yeah. um, and, and, and that makes um, each individual um, unique, right? Because you also mentioned yeah. about intrinsic motivation. Yeah. So, um, what what can you say about um, what 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 can that motivation drive in terms of engagement and and and, and um, adaptability to to the new world, right? Yeah, yeah, engagement is very important, of course. I mean, you also most probably know Gallup also every year uh, preparing these engagement levels and they are also not uh, high. Uh, last year, it was a little bit more than the previous year. Uh, I didn't check the latest one. Um, but of course, we also uh, try to understand the engagement level by percentage and uh, who are the detractors or and who are the activists within the company, because uh, this is also a critical, uh, it has, it is crucial for, to understand 
uh, how much people are engaged within the company. Because if, if for example, for if some companies, the engagement level, of course, yeah, I mean, it can happen very low. And then uh, you also see that detractors, detractors by mean that they really have very, very low engagement level. The percentage of the detractors are also very high. And for example, with this company, we are saying that don't make any change program because uh, it is so obvious that they will fail. Uh, don't spend your money. I mean, you try to understand what is the problem, pain point with the engagement, and then focus on that uh, before starting the a whole uh, change program. Uh, on the other hand, uh, if it is okay, the engagement level okay, uh, and this detractor and activist level are okay, then uh, we try to understand what are the motivation factors that we can make a leverage uh, here. Uh, th th that will be our focus. Uh, and of course, um, a, a, like every individual, every company also uh, is unique because of that reason, we are trying to understand the, the, the company's own uh, dynamics. Uh, we, first, we believe that every company is unique. Uh, every company indeed has its own purpose uh, and all the employees indeed their own uh, motivation factor but uh, in uh, as an umbrella we can see the general common motivation factors uh, and then you start uh, to think about the roadmap uh, for this uh, for for this company uh, so to, uh, to understand in a holistic way is our approach uh, and to understand the engagement level and to understand what are the positive or uh, negative sides of the engagement. Because sometimes people are very engaged, in, 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 interestingly. Uh, for example, um, a few years ago, I was uh, consulting to a startup company. Uh, they had approximately more than 50 persons, very young developers, you know. <laughs> uh, and then we had made this um, research to them. And uh, they didn't, uh, only 19% uh, of the whole company knew the company uh, uh, objectives. Uh, yeah, less than 20%. And then uh, when we, were, we had asked them, okay, do you believe that you can uh, achieve these company objectives within one year? More than 75% uh, believe, say, strongly say, by the way, uh, yes, we will achieve. It's very good. Such a motivation. <laughs> Such a, it's, it's a motivation bomb within the company. <laughs> but the problem is they don't know what they will achieve. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it, that, that, that was also, I'm sometimes giving this example because this is very uh, interesting case. People are motivated, people are engaged, these levels are perfect. They, they almost admire their CTO, Chief Technical Officer. Uh, they believe in him. Uh, the only thing, uh, there was no communication so that they didn't know what they will achieve, for example. Yeah. <laughs> the why becomes so important, right? Mm -hmm. so it's exactly. Um, exactly. Uh, because they don't know why, they don't know what, and, and then how they will figure out how. <laughs> but it is, there is motivation. There is a very competent team. Structure also is okay. So, for example, because of that reason, we had uh, proposed them, advised them, please prepare a small uh, communication talk, small, small uh, informal communication uh, environment so that people understand what 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 you have in your mind as the um, founders of this startup because they love you they admire you 
but it is obvious that they don't know what you're thinking. Mm. Yeah. About the, uh, the why, there's an interesting quote, a quote from Simon Sinek in your chapter that says yeah. that all organizations start with the why. So it's not that they forget. I mean, they all start with the why. But only the great um, come to keep the why clear after year five. And I thought that was particularly interesting because I think in general, maybe the why is not as solid as it should be to drive people's behaviors and contribution, but generally speaking, there will be somehow, uh, you know, a why being expressed some, in, in some way. Uh, but I thought that, that that quote was really interesting because I think that uh, certainly I can relate to that. So what do you think happens then after during those five years and after? What, well, what happens with those whys and why don't they stick? Because indeed you already give the answer a bit. I mean, why is closely related to the uh, purpose? Uh, and uh, and as I mentioned a little bit, uh, a few minutes, uh, this purpose also is related to our values and how um, what meaning we are finding in our lives. Uh, and uh, I don't remember exactly, but uh, maybe it's a research or maybe from a webinar, I'm not so sure, but uh, I heard that uh, most of the people find their purpose in their business. Like, uh, because we are spending a lot of time uh, in business. Yeah, now because of COVID, we are now a little bit confused. <laughs> but still, I mean, if you if you don't feel that you are contributing uh, to your job, uh, I guess you feel something uh, missing in your life. Uh, so this is, or for most of the people, I guess. Like, so, so Simon Sinek's uh, everything starts with why? Because of that reason, it's important. We need to also for ourselves need to understand why we are living, why we are waking up every morning. Of course, every day we don't have the same energy. Uh, of course, sometimes we can be very demoralized, but in general, uh, I guess it's, uh, yeah, <laughs> David at the same time just showing the book. <laughs> it means that you are almost know everything, every sentence in this book, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And, and no, it is, it's a fantastic reading, and, and I'm glad you've introduced it to your your topic as well, because it fits in, um, it fits in neatly with the model that you presented in answers taking so far, and then it's that question of why. Um, I think you know I have a history of IT um, transformation, and as much as you tell the teams um, the what and the why, they still keep going for that how are we going to do it you know squirrel into their little silos and then work out in that yeah. way and you know and, and it, it tends to kind of fall over now these are long established companies and they become you know practical and cynical um about these things then yeah we did this transformation 10 years this is going to be yeah. the same you, you know what i mean so that when you try to inspire them with the what and the why um it kind of falls flat a little bit and, and i yeah. think your model kind of says, well, you know what, let's revisit that why then, you know, let's revisit what it is that we're looking to do here. You know, it's not what we did 10 years ago. The result may be very similar. Um, however, that's not the way we go about it. Yeah. yeah. And I find that, you know, with your model, what I find um, is extremely relevant personally is that you know the why in itself uh, is not what's going to make the trick it's 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 really the way that it connects with you know the strategy the culture the behaviors the people so it's really the the, the connecting the dots 
Exactly. Indeed, Flo, I appreciate you because for Harvard Business Review, I uh, changed my model a little bit. <laughs> and for the connectors, uh, because uh, I thought that sometimes uh, to explain this model can be a little bit theoretical, I, I just put connectors. Why, why? Uh, connecting culture to strategy and connecting structure to strategy. And I gave step by step. Uh, Yeah. Why? Why is are the connectors? <laughs> uh, because if you understand the motivation uh, of people, uh, why they are motivated, uh, and then if you understand the drivers within the company, why they are drive. I mean KPIs, for example, uh, why they should be drive. Why should they, why they should change their habits? Why they should change their behaviors? Uh, if structure connecting strategy, um, which is KPIs, are allowing, are enabling for people to change their habits, then, okay, as Inanj, I can change my behavior. Otherwise, why I will change it? I mean, to change a habit, you know, it's not so easy. According to some research, I mean, they say 20,000 hours, right? To change a habit, to gain a new habit. Yeah. So can you imagine that you need to change 10 habits? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and what is clear as well related to the why, if you look into values and the behaviors that come out of those values related to the why, right? And to the yeah. Purpose. The strategy. So this is where it all kind of connects and makes it easier. Exactly, exactly. Uh, indeed, uh, this is uh, very important. I had also, for example, uh, used the quotation of Friedrich Nietzsche. Uh, she or he who has a why to live for can bear almost anyhow. And uh, that is a very good, uh, indeed, Nietzsche wrote this quotation, this sentence approximately 100 years ago, but it is still very valid for now. Uh, and we can still uh, take as a uh, important approach for agile world. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, because we cannot control anything anymore. We say that everything can change. And the only thing is that uh, now uh, we have to behave, being able to tell why to people and leave how to them, how we can uh, check uh, everything like I did uh, approximately 10 years ago. I mean, now I cannot imagine myself that, oh my God, I, every morning I will do one and a half or two hour status meeting every day I will make this tick on checklist now I cannot uh, see myself but uh, 13 years ago I was doing it uh, and thanks God that I realized that it was a mistake <laughs> um, so and as you say why and how uh, is also a connection uh, how people will just switch from why to how uh, indeed the, the, the connection the connector is here purpose Uh, because if you uh, know your purpose, uh, then you can imagine, you can foresee how you will execute this why. I mean, uh, this, 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 is, this is the critical point. Um, because, you know, purpose is why you do something or why something exists. And when your activities have a purpose, uh, you have an aim and intention in mind and then intention to change comes. So all these things are uh, really intercorrelated. Um, and it's not so easy to discover everything and you will not be able to understand for every individual. But the only thing that I realized after this experience and after this research, at least you can understand the uh, patterns, yeah. uh, the dynamics, general uh, dynamics, uh, 
that will give you a very good uh, initiator clue how and where you can start at least. Uh, so because of that reason, I like this approach. And, and I repeating maybe myself again, but this is important. And how you articulate this purpose also is very closely related to your values and your principles. Uh, so if we are able to articulate our purpose first, uh, then yes, it's easier to proceed and figure out how. So everything from why to how is connected via purpose and purpose also is coming from values and principles. And because of that reason, I think that this Agile People Principles book is important. And I also uh, like Pia Maria's approach uh, to, to try to focus always principles, always principles. Yes, to understand principles is, is not so easy, um, but uh, as a company, if you understand your dynamics and then you stick on a few principles that can really work for your company, and then you can start to uh, imagine how you can uh, articulate these principles in your practical life with behaviors and so on. And of course, uh, your KPIs also should promote, recognize uh, these new KPIs, of course. Yeah. So it's a very holistic thing. <laughs> no, no, and, that, and that's, a, that's a nice, a great point to um, uh, there. Uh, in answer. So um, to our listeners, that's the point of this podcast, that we are listening um, with the authors of the Agile People Principles, your call to action for future work, and the Agile People Principle Manifesto as well. So we continue on. Thank you, Inach. Um, Sylvia, Flo? I uh, appreciate... Um a lot having Inanj um, here with us, sharing a lot of um, valuable um, information and, um, and, and content, right? So a lots of, lots of learnings um, and, and takeaways. Thank yeah. you. Inanj, I'm also a bit curious around the, um, you know, your customers and the moment when they usually contact you. Is it the moment when they are in this acceptance phase or intention to change, or they actually come for very different topics and then you introduce uh, you know, this model to them? Uh, yeah, it depends indeed. There are some companies who already have some intention to change, but there, uh, even they say so, uh, some of them even are not aware if they really intend to change. That can be also because, because they know uh, that uh, they should change because everybody's talking about change. <laughs> and and uh, their um, senior management also say, you need to change. And then they say, yes, we want to change. And then uh, you realize that they, they don't know why they need to change. So that can be something, I mean, <laughs> as a... Uh, client categorization let's say and then we are trying to explain and talk more a little bit do you really want to change because um, if you push uh, just to earn money uh, these uh, clients indeed you only harm them because first they need to really accept uh, that they will need to make some effort <laughs> they really need to understand they have this intention real intention 
So if they are not like this, we are not accepting to work with them, for example, because we say that then you will only want add one more change program and you will only decrease your engagement level for the next <laughs> colleagues. Uh, that, that, that will be uh, the thing. Uh, on other uh, hand, of course, there are uh, customers who really uh, want to change and uh, uh, sponsorships uh, by uh, management also is there. And that is the easiest part, of course. Then uh, we are focusing on the improvement areas uh, and it goes much faster. And on the other hand, there are uh, companies who must change that there are crises uh, and, and they don't know what to do. And yeah. they, oh my God, I mean, we need uh, this because we, we also worked as crisis management projects. Uh, sometimes they need to do something and they need to find, um, how to say, to start very fast some, somewhere. And then they, they are uh, also uh, can adapt this model. Yeah. yeah. Usually it would be a very long journey, right, for them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. With your help, get the kind of uh, clarity. Yeah. The values, the why, etc. And then they need to commit to a long-term change, isn't it? Yeah. The only thing, I mean, uh, starting via this kind of uh, a little bit framed uh, approach uh, give you, gives you a uh, kind of uh, concrete uh, things. Uh, you see also... Uh, the quadrants uh, and the concrete uh, things that you need to improve and the, the critical areas. So uh, this also helps, especially to C-level, who really like to see some numbers, some models, some uh, graphics uh, in front of them. They also feel a little bit more comfortable because at least you are talking to them also. Yeah, you see, this is it, this is it, and these are the uh points and so on of course i do I, I don't want to promote the points and the number are the most important thing but at least uh, we can use them also to also convince the sea level uh to accept uh, the need of the change for example we had worked with a french originated multinational company uh, we had made this research just before corona and interestingly, they uh, admired also, uh, but uh, that was CEO, uh, they admired their new CEO very much. Uh, and they almost understood what uh, he had in his mind, for example. Uh, th th that was also an interesting case for us. And we said to them then, okay, we don't need to do anything. I mean, everything is ready. They understand you. you. They, they, there's a very good strategy alignment. They understand the changing business objectives. Uh, the only thing that you are a little bit big company, you need to a little bit communi communicate and give more trainings to the uh, how to say lower uh, teams uh, just to really scale it up. For example, these things also can happen. Yeah. Yeah, and just to come back to your point as well, Inash, but I think it's a model because you were talking about the... Um, the usefulness also of using models with business managers who might feel more comfortable. And I think models are also quite, especially if they're quite, you know, visual and simple, they're quite empowering as well, because yeah. uh, with the model, you know, when you step away, the managers still have this model and they can still work on the model if uh, the intention is really to pursue the work. They still have this tool that they can um, customize and then they have the tool themselves. So they're empowered to 
actually use it then in the organization. Yeah. Yeah, indeed, uh, the, as you said, I mean, this gives a visualization, everybody talking about strategy, everybody talking about structure and everybody talking about culture, but to, to see it as a framework with the connection, uh, mm. what are the connectors, uh, help them also to understand a little bit more, at least, I mean, they can uh, see the things and they can keep in their mind that they should approach in a holistic perspective, yeah. because, yeah. you know, uh, at some points, uh, like me, there are consultants uh, who are going to to the companies and they are only working on structure part. Uh, it's relatively easier to analyze the process and to work on them or, or you can make strategy workshop and you can also adapt your strategy to the new changing competitive environment. Uh, but most, um, uh, in most cases, the culture is left behind uh, and people don't look uh, what is the correlation between structure and culture, how it affects the culture, uh, how it's going, going on in between back and forth. And, uh, and when you leave these uh, connections, you don't think in that way. Um, yes, you do something, some improvements, uh, but on the other hand, you are also maybe creating some additional uh, problems. You, you are just trying to uh, go with a, a red brand new motorcycle with new strategy, with new very nice metallic part and red colors, but the back wheel is, let's imagine that is the culture, and back wheel is you didn't uh, change during the race <laughs> you give the gas but the back wheel is just turning around like the old one so it's not so easy that then they have more problems maybe but if you are trying to keep in uh, at the beginning of everything as much as you can uh, and you you can uh, you can uh, align uh, in in a in in an easier way mm. okay Fantastic. Um, you able to hear me now? I think my yes, microphone is back. Apologies. Yes, it did die, but um, yeah, I'm back again. Okay, fantastic. Okay. So that's been great. Um, obviously, you're not having to listen to my voice, so that's good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so in conclusion, just before we wrap up, um, so we're back to um, Kazakhstan. In okay, again. Yeah, so that's where we started <laughs> our journey. Um, what reflections have you had since since those days? And you're beautifully illustrated in the chapter, of course, but... Um... Sorry, what is the question about Kazakhstan as a conclusion? Well, so okay. this is this is the chapter in your uh, book where your conclusion, where it takes you back to Kazakhstan, the, the, the start of our story, uh, uh, yeah. where you sort of say how that common purpose and alignment, trust, open communication, all those good things that you can reflect on now because you have that vocabulary of understanding what you went through and how you came at that other end. Um, yeah. um, that you can then that you could put some um, um, I guess solutions and 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 um, you know thoughts for the future to that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a long journey, uh, but long and very uh, how to say a journey that you you learned a lot. And we walked together as a team, uh, so it was excited and meaningful, uh, I guess. Uh, and uh, yeah, as a conclusion, I can say we were united around the common purpose as a team. We were all young, at <laughs> least younger than now. <laughs> Uh, and we were establishing a new company, uh, we were excited, uh, we were working with the biggest GSM company in Kazakhstan, they were, uh, they had a lot of ambitions and they were trusting in us and we were motivated to show our uh, added value to the client. 
so we defined our strategy. Uh, we agreed on how we will work on our structure, I mean, and we created, we flourished our culture, I guess. So uh, yeah, indeed, uh, yeah, it was a really, uh, it was really hard, but in the end, uh, I still remember as a very good experience uh, from for my personal development, of course, uh, and for my uh, professional development. Yeah. Fantastic. And of course, the key question is what happened to Pixel? Yeah, Pixel. Ah, that, that's also a very good question. Uh, in my chapter, I wrote, but since uh, I didn't want to bother so much this podcast flow, uh, indeed, uh, there was a copywriter from Hungary, uh, Dorothy. I still uh, sometimes uh, talk with her, by the way. She has married with our American producer. Uh, in Kazakhstan they met uh, and now they have two beautiful children and they also got pixel when they were coming going back to America USA uh, and pixel went to uh, USA uh, and, yeah until till uh, he died uh, he stayed with uh, him uh, and when he died Dorothy was so sad because Pixar also was my uh, small uh, uh, dog uh, we we all loved him very much I was also very sad even now after years when I'm speaking about him I still remember the very nice yeah, days. So we were very sad. But at least he, he lived in, uh, he, he born in Kazakhstan, he died in uh, USA, uh, and he had a very nice, uh, peaceful life. So that was also a contribution of our team to the <laughs> nature, to the life, let's say. <laughs> American dream. Yes, yes, exactly. Can you imagine that a Kazakh <laughs> German shepherd <laughs> fly to America? Yeah. <laughs> so, like yourself, Anansh, an international expert and traveler. Anansh, yeah. Shivaz, an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast today. Silver and Flo, absolute pleasure having yourselves from the Agile People Collective. Um, any last words before we say bye bye? For from my side, no. But of course, I mean, it was a real pleasure uh, to talk with you, David, Sylvia, and Flo. Uh, it was really good. Uh, I hope that I could explain uh, our approach in a bit concrete thing. Uh, yeah, if I could give some inspiration to some people, it would be really perfect. Fantastic. We would like to learn more about your model. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> And I think that's probably prompt for another podcast then. So, Inej, absolutely. Okay. We will welcome you back uh, uh, for another podcast on anything you like. It doesn't have to be Agile People Principle. It can okay. be anything you're, um, around your business, anything, books you're promoting, um, anything at all. Lovely to speak to you. Yes, for me also the same. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you, guys. All the best. Take care. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.